Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have Doug Bertram. He's the CEO of uh, Structural Elements. The website is also structuralelements.com. They're an orthopedic wellness clinic that uh, strives to provide the highest standard of care through a contemporary business model and a proprietary treatment approach. So we'll get into that. Doug, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell me in your own words, what's uh, Structural Elements about? Yeah, so Structural Elements originally started as an education company. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when people first see our brand uh, and they hear Structural Elements, they think of an engineering firm. And uh, I kind of wear that like a badge because that's very much the approach that we take to looking at the human body. Um, And I always say to people uh, when we're trying to explain it is, you don't want to wait until a car falls into the Pacific Ocean before you uh, bring in an engineer to you know, look at the mechanical stress and the capacity of the bridge. You want to make sure that that's done ahead of time. And so at Structural Elements, we kind of take an engineering approach to the body of looking at quantified mechanical vulnerabilities so that we can try to stay ahead of uh, joints from uh, wearing out prematurely. And uh, and so we, we, we like to be on the front end, of, but we also uh, don't catch uh, a lot of our patients until they've already experienced pain or, or had some wear and tear. So what's typical? Like someone will come in and say they had low back pain for years and you know it's hard for them to uh, you know get in and out of bed or drive or things yeah. like that. Like what are some examples of what you get? Sure. So we we'd like to uh, promote that we treat an active population. Um, but we we use that term, uh, you know, in in a, in a very relative sense. So we treat a lot of athletes. We treat runners, you know, uh, triathletes, CrossFit uh, folks. We have a number of our therapists work with professional teams, um, both you know professional baseball and, and, and football. But we also consider somebody to be active if they just want to not hurt after spending time with their grandchildren. Right. So we do try to establish an active goal with every patient, uh, regardless of their chief complaint when they come in. So low back pain, knee pain, you know, elbow pain, shoulder pain, plantar fasciitis. You know, these are the things that might bring somebody in initially. Um, but very quickly in the course of treatment, we want to establish an active goal. What would you do if the limitation of this pain wasn't there? You know, how would you use your body differently? And we try to focus on getting them to that goal instead of just mitigating the pain symptoms. Um, I feel like I should I should go into a little more depth into into a little bit of the how. You know, it doesn't matter what the license of the practitioner is. We have chiropractors, physical therapists, acupuncturists, massage therapists, and we use a combination of modalities. And so everybody uh, practices structural elements in our locations, regardless of their license. Um, we even have a, a you know a doctor who's doing injection therapy. Um, but it's just looking at the body all through the same lens of kind of quantifying this mechanical stress and looking for where the breakdowns occur. You guys do any postural work like Degascu or Feldenkrais or Alexander technique or anything? 
Yeah, again, you know, we would say that we use structural elements technique, but uh, one of our absolute pillars is big picture posture. Um, because uh, and, and, and if, if I may take a liberty here of jumping into possibly a secondary topic, but it, 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 sure. it deeply ties into how I would explain this. Um, we're a cash practice, and that's something I like to bring up early in the conversation, because one of the reasons why we're a cash practice is we look at the body as a complete system. We don't look at people as a series of parts. And so um, we are very much concerned with the importance of posture. And because of that, we find it very difficult to limit our intervention and our treatment to a specific body part, even though you know somebody might come in with foot pain. The solution might be in reducing head forward posture and opening up the internal rotation to their shoulders to change their center of mass and how they're loading the foot. So in the insurance world or, you know, the conventional kind of uh, treatment, uh, you know, strategy around insurance reimbursement, you're really dealing with what uh, procedures are reimbursable given a diagnosis code. And we just refuse to limit our care to our patients based on chasing uh, what uh, is, is understood in terms of uh, reimbursement from the insurance companies. So uh, I don't we're, blame we're you. all about the whole system. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you one bit. I've had knee pain and back pain. I've had all these modalities, literally every single one you mentioned. And right, if I was on insurance, forget it. They just shoot you up yeah. and they say, oh, here's a pain pill. You got to have all yeah. that stuff. So I, yeah, I'm totally with you there. I understand. Yeah. Or, or in the physical therapy world, you know, you, you come in with a diagnosis for foot pain. You tell them that that day your back's hurting. Well, that's a separate code. You have to go back to your doc and get a script for that as well. And, and we'll treat that on a separate visit. And it's just our belief that that's not the way that the body works. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and you're right. Sometimes, you know, the, the arch of my foot will hurt. And it turns out my, you know, my leg muscle or my knee muscle is pulling this way or my hip is out. And they would never even begin to find that at a, at a clinic that you're talking about, you know, so you have to have this holistic approach. And I'm sure your clients were surprised. I was surprised. How does this affect that? It's weird. And I was constantly reminded oh. by therapists, it's all works together. And I go, I know. I know. It does. Absolutely. You know, so somebody comes in, you know, with the, with the diagnosis of, you know, of, of, or a chief complaint of headaches or again, of plantar fasciitis. And we're, you know, we say that we're of the pelvis school of thought that um, the pelvis has to be balanced for everything above and below to uh, function properly. It doesn't always start in the pelvis, but once it's in the pelvis, it's everywhere. And so we do a lot of uh, assessment of looking at rotations of the pelvis. We look for functional movement through the pelvis. We look at the hind foot and, and how it moves, lower leg mechanics. And a lot of people, when they're coming in with, with, with headaches or jaw pain, like, why in the world are you looking at my hips? You know, didn't you read my intake form? You know, I'm here for my head and my jaw. But as soon as you start talking to patients and educating them about the interconnectedness of, of how the body works and functions as a system, all of a sudden people are like, wow, that is, that makes so much sense. And that's so cool. Like this, this, you know, really is helpful to, to understand how it all fits together instead of just feeling like, oh, I'm getting older, I'm falling apart, you know, on this long list of complaints. And we're like, no, you're not. You just are out of balance and it's showing up in multiple you know, areas of your body. So athletes, I can understand, you know, they're putting their body through the paces. Um, you deal a lot with just normal folks, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s. And what do you see if so? Yeah, I mean, let, let, let's, you know, go back to your posture question. And we all sit too much, right? We're all on devices more than we should be. We're all in front of screens, especially these days, you know, with the Zoom calls and everything. 
And, and the body just uh, has some, some chronic patterns that show up when we are in a sitting position too long. And, you know, the hip flexors shorten the, the posterior chain of, you know, the glutes, they, they tend to get overstretched and weak. We tend to get internally rotated in our shoulders and our head tends to, to move forward. And when you have that common postural collapse, it is going to uh, have a whole cascade of effects on the body. And, and, and certainly our primary uh, method of treatment is to balance the structures of the body. But one of the big benefits of that is, is helping regulate the autonomic nervous system. And most people don't realize that our stress response is controlled by, by two branches, right? The, the, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And when we sit for prolonged periods of time, the sympathetic nervous system, which is regulated by something called the dorsal root ganglia of our thoracic spine, right? Our mid-back. Um, if you get too much tension in your mid-back, you get a whole cascade of, of stress responses that show up, you know, you it affects your digestion. It affects how you sleep. It affects your blood flow to the rest of your body. Your pupils get dilated. It changes heart rate. It changes respiratory volume. So even though we really focus on, you know, preserving the joints to keep people active and mobile, there's a huge part that, that goes into just regulating your stress response and, and all of the, the endocrine systems and all of the hormone changes that happen when that system's out of whack. So, everybody, everybody, everybody is affected by that, you know, and it's just societal, but it's, it's also, you know, uh, it's just the common postural collapse. It's physics, you know? So, so we treat everything from, you know, young kids, uh, which I love to work with kids while they're growing. Uh, we work with a lot of high school athletes, um, and really try to help them through growth spurts as well as manage when they start to get sports specific. Um, cause that has a lot of challenges on a young athlete. And then just the average Joe who just, you know, hurts and doesn't want to hurt and wants to, you know, feel better and, and, and be more active, you know, so no, no, nobody's off the list unless, you know, uh, they have a, a, a situation that, that is acute and needs to, to, you know, receive more uh, advanced immediate medical care. Um, but assuming that they're safe to treat, we work with all, all walks of life. So what's a typical session look like? Is it, you know, here, go do these exercises and, Call us when you're done or, you know, what happens? We're very hands-on. We're very manual-based. And we, we offer a couple of core treatments. Um, one we call the structural elements treatment, uh, the SE treatment, or the other is we call DTR, which is a deep tissue restoration. The SE treatment starts with the standing postural assessment. We, again, quantify all the mechanical stress, triangulate off bony landmarks, look for where your body is out of alignment. And then we get you on the table and we hunt around for something very specific that we call focal adhesions. And focal adhesions are changes that occur in the connective tissue, uh, primarily along the, the intramuscular septa, which is uh, the connective tissue that separates one functional muscle from its neighbor. Um, so this is our primary uh, you know, exploration is looking for where our patient's bodies have formed these compensatory changes in the connective tissue as a response to being out of alignment. And then, you know, for the most part, most treatments in the SE treatment, we use needles. Um, it depends a little bit on the scope of practice of the provider as well as where they're, uh, you know, practicing. Some states are different with, with the practice acts. But for most of our providers, we use, uh, we use needles. And uh, that's another segue I like to get into is the difference between how we needle and dry needling and acupuncture. So we can sidebar that one for a second. But, well, well, um, <laughs> one sec. For the common public, when you say needles, they probably think injections, but you're talking about acupuncture. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, we're talking acupuncture needles, but but since we took the pause, you know, there, there's there's a lot of confusion. You know, when we use needles, we're talking about solid filiform needles. We're not injecting anything uh, for the most part. We do have MDs that, that do injections, but that's a that's a very specific intervention. For the most part, we're using a solid filiform needle, which is a dry needle, right? There's the differentiator there is a, a dry needle is a term that was used when you were looking at uh, double blind control based studies for the effectiveness of injection therapy, right? So you need a control group and that control group is you put a needle in, but you don't inject anything. And the term dry needle comes from that. Um, once people realized that there was a lot of benefit to the dry needle, um, they started using a safer dry needle, which is a solid needle versus the, the hollow hypodermic needle. And it's thinner than, than the hypodermic needle for, for the most part. And uh, that is an acupuncture needle. So the tool of an acupuncture needle and the tool of a dry needle are, are identical. The why you needle is what's different. And a lot of people make the mistake of, of using acupuncture synonymously with the practice of Chinese medicine and the ideals of Chinese medicine. But there's as many reasons to perform acupuncture as, as there are, you know, acupuncturists, right? I mean, there's uh, there's absolutely orthopedic acupuncture. There's absolutely sports acupuncture. There's absolutely acupuncture that focuses, you know, tight, taut bands, as well as there's acupuncture points that focus on these focal adhesions. Um, it is the exact same uh, tool that is used in dry needling. Um, typically, when you hear the term dry needling, it's uh, therapists that are trying to elicit a twitch response in a tight muscle band um, to get it to relax. That's a little different than how we use it. Again, we retain needles. We wind collagen fibers around the shaft of the needle to get a connective uh, tissue cellular response. It's called the fibroblast and it releases a, a chemical reaction when it is under mechanical stress. And, and so we're using that to relax and lubricate the connective tissue where it is bound to, to, to neighboring structures. And uh, then once we have loosened up those focal adhesions, we then uh, organize and integrate, which is usually with a manual therapy technique of pin and strip, where we hold that focal adhesion. We take a patient through an active range of motion to reorganize the fibers. And then we'll do manipulations when necessary to realign the pelvis or to mobilize the spine or the small joints. And then strengthening okay. and lengthening exercises to help them, to help them uh, hold the alignment. So when people come in, how much are they familiar with and how much is new to them? Like I'm sure some of the modalities they've never experienced before and some they may have. So like what kind of sophistication do you get on first timers? Yeah. You know, nowadays um, it's rare that we have had anybody that hasn't um, either had most of the modalities that we used or hasn't known somebody that has, or, you know, I mean, the, very few people you have to start from ground zero to, to educate them about, you know, what we're doing. Uh, most people have had some experience, but the most common feedback that we get is that we're a one-stop shop. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You know, people are like, man, I have to go to my massage therapist for this and my physical therapy you know, therapist for the exercise, my chiropractor to get adjusted. And here it's like, you guys blend everything into to one treatment. That's awesome. You know? And, and that's the biggest response that we get. The, I would say the most common outlier of what people haven't necessarily experienced 
is the dry needling or acupuncture. And, um, you know, people have, again, because of injection therapy or having blood draws, a lot of people aren't huge fans of needles and that, you know, sometimes is a deterrent for them to, to, to try um, the therapy. But what we find is most people uh, kind of fear the needles, but look forward to the manual therapy. And most people relax and fall asleep and drool on our floor while the needles are in and we're peeling them off the ceiling when we're doing the manual therapy. You know, So it's a little counterintuitive, but the needles are actually very relaxing and, and, and totally painless. Yeah, I've had acupuncture and it's totally different from being injected. It's two are like oh, nothing yeah. to do with each other at all. So yeah, people yeah, need to yeah, know absolutely. that. So what, what order do you do things in? Like what orders have you found work and which ones don't? What's an example? Yeah, so an example is is freeing up the tissue prior to to, to realigning the body. Um, if you don't, and sometimes you know, we 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 call um, we call it a bang trim, right? Like if somebody goes in for a haircut and and they they need you know just a little trim between full haircuts, they can come in and they'll get a bang trim. So sometimes we have patients that you know they were recently in and they were like, man, I was just in and and I took my dog for a walk and he saw a squirrel and he yanked me out and I feel like my hips kind of came out again a little bit. We'll say, you know, no problem, come in. We won't do a full treatment. We'll just do a bang trim. And and what we do then is we just do kind of a quick assessment and and, and a fairly quick adjustment, but without the needles and without all the manual therapy and without all the connective tissue focus. And even when people have been in recently, it is just so important to release and address any sort of change or restriction in the soft tissue prior to trying to correct the alignment of the joints because they just get pulled right back out of alignment if the connective tissue is still compensated and, and in, a, in a compromised position. So that is really important. And, and, I, and I feel like that's one of the things that, that we differentiate ourselves in. And then the, the strengthening and lengthening exercises, in my opinion, you really can't strengthen around a joint that is compromised in terms of its position. Right. Because you're you're just, you know, trying to, to strengthen a muscle that's already overstretched in, into weakness and it just isn't effective. So we believe you got to free up the connect. First, you have to quantify and, and, and do a good analysis. You have to free up the connective tissue. Then you can realign the body. Then you can strengthen. And we're, we're uh, you know, we've been doing this for 27 years now. And I'm, I'm pretty adamant that that is, uh, is the is the right sequence. Well, I'm sure you have cases where like the joint is so pissed off or inflamed that you can only do limited stuff to try to, you know, get it out of its chronic or acute, sorry, it's acute state first before you could really work on it, right? Absolutely. And and again, lots of times, you know, people are, it takes a little bit of education. People, you know, take, a, take the example of somebody, you know, has um, you know, osteoarthritis and they've got some inflammation in their left knee and they come in, I might not touch their knee for a couple of visits because I'm first focused on balancing the pelvis and getting the necessary mobility in the ankle and in the hind foot so that they can have proper gait mechanics without torquing the knee. And, and until we fix that, any benefits that I can get to the knee are going to be extremely short-lived and potentially uh, run the risk of irritating it further if, I, if I'm just going to subject it back to the same forces uh, following the treatment. So I'm, I'm pretty adamant at making sure that we have a, a fairly neutral uh, foundation before we go after really trying to remodel the affected joint. Yeah, I've heard this from a lot of chiropractors. Um, they'll say like some people, well, a lot of people will be resistant if they don't do it right. You know, typical model is they'll come in, someone will get adjusted and they're like, oh, I recommend you come back, you know, twice a week for the first month. And then once a week after that, and then after that, it's just once a month. And the person may feel, I guess, if it's not adequately explained, like 
why do I have to come so much? Why can't I just come once and I'm fixed? Like, how do you deal with that mentality? How do you identify it? How do you, you know, make sure that the person doesn't think that so they ghost you later on and don't do the right treatments? Yeah, well, one of the things that we like to to use as, as an analogy is you, you tell people you, you never go to a personal trainer and do one session and, and expect to maintain fitness, right? It's a process. And 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 the more you know good habits you have that that offset or outweigh the bad, you know, the more you're going to, you know, preserve and maintain, you know, proper function and, and, and proper health of, of the body. And so it's a process and you're never done, you know, because um, I also like to say, you know, we're all going north in a southbound train, but we can slow that train down, right? And, uh, and you know, the more that we have uh, proper alignment, um, we can then, you know, have better function of our, our, our whole system, right? And, and a lot of times when people are out of alignment, they're using their, their big muscles, their prime movers as postural stabilizers. And that's a lot of muscle to feed. And, and you don't use a muscle as a, as a stabilizer and expect uh, effective and efficient movement out of that same muscle. So as people age, they're, oh, man, I've gotten really stiff. I've lost range of motion. I've, you know, I, I, I just don't move like I used to. And a lot of it is because they're relying on the wrong muscle groups for stabilization. And they're tying up their movers to just maintaining our brightness, you know, so balance starts to go by the wayside, you know, it causes metabolic issues because there's, there's just, you know, they're, they're, they're feeding large muscle groups instead of small intrinsic muscles. Um, again, change the stress response. People just find themselves in a pickle. And so we try to, you know, really kind of unwind that web and, and get them back to finding the efficiencies in their structure. Again, in terms of managing attitude, do you find that people are coming to you at a point where, They've tried everything else. Like, like what's the typical set of stories that you get when people come in? Where are they coming from mentally and what have they tried? Yeah, it, it's pretty all over the map. I mean, uh, we, we get a lot of people who come in and they're kind of at wit's end because they've, they've been everywhere else and they've tried everything else. And they maybe have had, you know, a round of injections that maybe bought them some short-term relief, but, but, but they can't, you know, the, the, the problem came back or, or they've, you know, been to physical therapy and, and they got a little better, but it's still not where they want it to be. You know, they know they, they've been recommended for a joint replacement, but they want to put it off because they're, they feel they're too young or it's not a good time. Um, but then we get, you know, athletes who are super bought into, uh, you know, preserving uh, their body and, and, and staying competitive. We also get, which surprises a lot of people, we also get a lot of, you know, hairstylists and restaurant servers and construction workers and people that make a living with their body and have realized, man, if I don't take care of my body, I could be out of work. And, and that's a, that's a demographic that is very responsive to paying out of pocket to get results because they are dependent on, you know, their bodies to, to go to work that day, you know? And then what else surprises people is, is, a lot of you know millennials have a have a really uh, high value proposition around wellness and and of taking care of themselves and of not having the aches and pains and stuff that they've seen their parents uh, go through and uh, and they they want to be proactive you know there's there's a big kind of value proposition around prevention with with that demographic. So what what do you think is going to be the future of your clinic? What do you see changing or are you just continuing on and serving more people or, or are there new things coming? 
Yeah, so, I mean, we, we are a franchise, okay? So, um, we, we have three locations currently. Um, Pre-COVID-19, we had uh, some pretty aggressive expansion plans that we pumped the brakes on a little bit of, of a couple of, of clusters of company-owned stores. Um, but everybody that works in our clinics are micro-franchisees. Um, but what we've done as a response to COVID is we have opened up training as well as practice management and cash practice uh, marketing and everything else to non-brick and mortar uh, SE therapists. So we call them the SE network provider. Uh, they wouldn't do business as structural elements, but they have the ability to learn the modality and benefit from the infrastructure that we've created. Um, we're really built to be, you know, two, 300 clinics uh, in the next few years. And, uh, and, and, you know, part of just pumping our brakes a little bit has allowed us the opportunity to, to go a little deeper with um, some of our services. And the, the main development that we're doing right now is, is the injection, adding the injection therapy uh, with, with the docs, um, but not just joint specific, but a, but a comprehensive uh, injection solution to address a number of, of structures that are undernourished uh, biologically. Um, you know, blood, blood supply to a lot of tendon and ligament is, is very poor and uh, the ability to systemically control inflammation or again, to look at the pain uh, generator um, versus the site of dysfunction, right? So that's a, a big differentiator. So we're, we're going a little deeper, you know, again, as I said, we have chiropractors, we have physical therapists, we have acupuncturists, massage therapists, um, and, uh, you know, we, we are all working, you know, under the, the, the same, uh, you know, SE provider, SE uh, therapist label. In addition to your therapy outside of the clinic, you know, how much do you encourage people to, I mean, what do you encourage them to do? Do you encourage them to do certain stretches at home or to just simply exercise and do people do it? Like what's that, you know, the whole plan for the person look like when they're not in the clinic? Yeah, so I, I try to encourage everybody to move their bodies, right? Even if that just means, you know, an intentional brisk walk, uh, you know, a couple of times a day. If they can't do that, you know, at least get up and and, and move their bodies. Try not to, to sit for prolonged periods of time. We try to encourage people to work on posture actively, um, both with something we call the traction exercise, which is just laying down on the floor with bent knees or arms out to your side and doing some deep belly breathing for three minutes a day as well as, you know, making sure that you're, you're pulling yourself up from your sternum and, and setting your shoulders back and just kind of paying attention to your mechanics. But we also have like crazy athletes and we, we consider ourselves to be enablers. Um, you know, if somebody's goal is to, um, you know, continue to, to, to run and, and, you know, qualify for the Olympic trials, like we're going to manage that, right. We're going to say, all right, this is an important goal to you. And we're not going to tell you not to do it. We're going to try to within reasonable limits of keeping you, you know, safe long-term, we're going to try to support you through that goal. Um, you know, a lot of what, you know, our major league baseball players or our football players are doing. Even our, you know, we work with a lot of ballet dancers too. I mean, it's crazy what they subject their bodies to, but it's what they live for. So who are we to say anything different? You know, I mean, we, we try to help people achieve their goals um, and looking at short and long-term consequence and, and being able to, to weigh those out. But, um, but we try to help people achieve their goals, not, not discourage them from, you know, from, from chasing them. Well, that's great. Do you, Doug, do you think that you're the only integrated clinic like that you know of like this or are is are there other places moving towards this model or are they just 
stuck in their own ignorant happiness of one thing at a time. No, I think I think that there's a big movement uh, towards integrative modalities. I think um, you know there's a big movement towards cash practice, and I, I, I draw those parallels because again, uh, with cash practice, there is a lot more freedom to look at the whole body. And once when you're looking at the whole body, I mean, I might do things a little differently than 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 the next person, but when you're dealing with the same medium, there's going to be overlap, right? Where I think you get a big divide is is when you're looking at parts versus looking at people. And I think that there is a movement towards more integration. There is uh, a lot more openness from the uh, from the allopathic medical community. Um, we get a lot more referrals from you know from docs than than I would say we used to. Um, you know, we used to get a lot of like failed surgeries or people that were in chronic pain that they didn't know what to do with anymore. But now we get a lot more referrals for people that are not quite at the point of needing uh, more invasive intervention, and and they're sent for for less or uh, less invasive, more conservative uh, therapies. So I, I do think it's a trend and, and, and I, don't, I don't think it's a fad. I think it's a trend that is here to stay and that people are prioritizing wellness. Uh, people are, are wanting to stay active and healthy later and longer in life as an expectation. And, uh, and I think, you know, there's, there's a huge fitness movement out there that, that people uh, want to, to, you know, be active. And in order to do that, they have to do the maintenance work uh, for their bodies to to be able to to keep up. Well, very good. So, Doug, what's the best way for people to find out more about you? And if they're local, where do they go? If they're not local, do you have any services yes. over Zoom, or does it really need to be in in person? No, well, we 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 do telewellness, right? So sometimes, you know, we've we've had a lot of you know runners or or athletes that have heard us on podcasts or things that they just want to you know some help troubleshooting or even helping understand you know what they might. Uh, seek in terms of a local therapist. And uh, so we, we do a lot of consultation uh, over Zoom and, uh, and telewellness. But we have two clinics in Maryland uh, right now, one in Northern Maryland and in Hagerstown and, and another just south of Frederick, Maryland in Urbana. And we also have a clinic in Milwaukee, Wisconsin um, that is, uh, is right on the east uh, side of town there. And, uh, um, but the, our URL, just the, the structuralelements.com, as you mentioned, is a great place both for uh, you know therapists that are looking for additional information on on our business solutions or patients that are that are looking to find a provider. That's that's the best place to go to. Um, I'm also super transparent and very responsible uh, or responsive to to email, and I'm just Doug at structuralelements.com, um, and I'm always uh, excited to hear from people um, and uh, answer any questions. Uh, if you go to our website, we also are on all the social media platforms and have, you know, blog so you can sign up for a newsletter if you want to follow our progress. But, um, but going to the website is probably the, the one stop to, to link it everywhere else. Well, very good, Doug. Thanks for coming on the podcast. And it's really cool that you have this integrated model. It's needed definitely. And I'm sure you help a lot of people. So thank you. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And, uh, you know, from everything that I looked at yeah, your site and uh, your other guests, you're, you're doing great work. And uh, so I appreciate being a part of it and keep it up. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And 
Want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.